Hey, this originally broadcasted live on ESPN 1067. Charlie Five and myself recapping Auburn's win over the Texas A&M Aggies after the game on ESPN 1067. Here we go. Zach Blackerby, Kyle Rush here with you broadcasting live from Palatial Studio A here at the Auburn Network Studios. The Auburn Tigers taking down the Texas A&M Aggies. Handling business. Yeah. We love those kind of games where it's like, okay, the whole second half. I mean, they just kind of got to coast a little bit, work on a few things, so they got comfortable offensively. But the final, 75-58. to I think the highlight here is Walker Kessler grabbing yet another triple-double. Another. You asked me who's the last person to have two in a season. I was like, Zach, we've only had two ever. (laughs) And he's one of them. That's right. So he's the first. First for having two in the same season. Well, and they flashed that stat up. Only uh, four other players in the history of SEC play have had more than Multiple, one. Multiple, yeah. Yep. And Shaq was one of them with six. All the other ones had two, which is six is absurd. amazing to think about. <laughs> um, especially when, you know, basketball is just played differently at that point. So, yes. yeah, fascinating. Fascinating stuff. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the big storyline going into this was, okay, Auburn's coming off their first loss in SEC play. How would they respond? How would they bounce back after losing in regulation on Tuesday night in Arkansas? And they did not start quickly. No. Defensively, they did. Def- Offensively, uh, they could not get anything to fall, but um, they took care of business. Defense is just absolutely incredible. I mean, th- this team, uh, I was talking to you earlier, um, how do you get a kid like Jabari Smith, who who's the, one of the most skilled uh, offensive kids to ever come to Auburn, ever play in the SEC period, probably they're going to be the number one pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. How do you get him to be so engaged on def- on the defensive side when he's not scoring, when he's cold, when he's got when he when he's going through a little slump shooting? How do we get him a kid like that to just stay so engaged? Our, I mean. It's just impossible. You, you you come inside and they're seven foot six ten every single time you come in, and they love to play defense. They love it. They absolutely love it. I mean, it's 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 incredible. It's incredible. It is incredible. But this is something that isn't a first for Bruce Pearl. I mean, we saw this with Isaac, right? Oh, yeah. Two seasons ago, it's like okay, Auburn has a lottery pick that doesn't even seem to want the basketball because he's such a team first guy, and he's okay playing defense and facilitating and. Jabari is a similar fit, but a much better scorer at this point of the season. It's just you want to see him be a little bit more aggressive, aggressive. at this point. Yep. And, and we've seen stints of it, right? Yes, I mean, we, we, we saw it against Alabama, I think is probably the best example. And we've seen moments in close games when there's four or five minutes left where he kind of takes over. Um, but you don't really see him do it outside of that. No, and it's it's – He's the guy. He's the kind of guy too who's going to shoot ninety percent, eight high eighties from the free throw line, but he only shoots you know two or two or three a game. You know what I mean? So like he's it's all jump shots. Like I want to see him get some better looks where it's not you know just turnaround fadeaways, just two steps inside the three point line, super low percentage shots. Like I, I would love to see him get more. Um, like get better looks and get some more inside looks. He's has a really good post game, a very good post game. Saw it tonight. I think he had a couple of putbacks where he has back to the basketball or back to the goal, turn around, yeah. little you know jump hook type thing. He's very skilled inside. Love to see us work it to him inside a little bit more. Yeah, sure, sure. And I think Auburn's got a few players that are really good with their back to the basket, Yes, which isn't what we've always seen in this Bruce Pearl era. Right. But 
versatility. I mean, there's so many dudes that can do so many different things. And that's why this Auburn basketball team is ranked where they are, is they can beat you in so many different ways. And we saw that um, against Texas A&M today. Started slow, kind of turned it into a defensive slugfest, and then, as you mentioned uh, before we went on, quietly scoring uh, scoring 42 points in the second half after a, a slow offensive start. And most yeah. of the time, with the way Auburn plays defense, 75 points is enough. When you only give up 18 points in a half of basketball, like – you're not going to lose me the games. All right, give me percentages here. <laughs> how much of that was Auburn playing lights out on defense, and how much of that was A&M they, um, not being good? Okay, so their three-point their three point shooting in the first half was absolutely atrocious. I think they were at one point in time – I don't think they hit their first three until the, until the second half. I think they went as far as 0 for uh, 15, I think. They ended 3 for 22. Yeah. That is 13%. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And Auburn, we weren't much better uh, from three. We were three of twenty-five. We were actually worse. Yeah. So twelve percent. Uh, but yeah, they could they they could not score inside. They had to jack up threes, and they weren't falling. And uh, <laughs> you just they actually I, I think they actually out rebounded us in the first half. They they had some like crazy like they were getting some crazy bounce like four offensive rebounds in yeah. one possession type stuff. Uh, but they just couldn't make. They had to shoot from outside because there was nothing. Nothing inside. At one point in time, Kessler had six blocks in eight minutes, I think. He had six blocks, I think, in the first eight minutes I mean, of play. He, yeah, he went on an incredible tear there. Um, but, yeah, A&M shot it 70 times, and they scored 58 points. That's wild. And that's counting – they got to the free throw line 21 times, and they scored – they didn't score 60. That is crazy. That is insane. That is insane. That's defense, man. Defensive basketball can – Defensive basketball can create offense, and yeah. I feel like that's we kind of feed off that for sure. I don't think there's any question. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 is how you can be a part of the show. How do you think Auburn played today? What do you think it means moving forward? We'd love to hear um, your thoughts on all of that. A guy that impressed me today, Alan Flanagan. Yes. You saw a little bit more pop offensively from him. Yes, um, and him being able to be explosive driving in the lane, a lot more under control. A lot of times, you know, he's going to have one or two offensive fouls <laughs> per game, but he was very in control of himself. You almost, I almost wonder if he's sort of just now getting back to where his he feels comfortable with his body, feels comfortable with his with his feet uh, after that injury, um, because today was. Today is the Allen Flanagan that I expected to see this whole season. Sure. That this is the kind of Allen Flanagan that I think you could see very efficient, uh very efficient uh inside, uh plays good defense, gets to the hole, gets uh free throws, shoots six free throws today, hits five. I mean, if he if he can get six free throws a game, he's going to score double digits every single time. Yeah. And we're and we're looking good. Yeah. I don't know if I want him shooting six threes every outing. No. Um, I don't love that, no. but other than that, you know, him shooting eleven times, like I like that. Should sure. over half of them be from three? I don't, I don't know. I no. don't know if I love that. But what he offers defensively, and you know, as far as the threat to attack the basket, that's something that I think is the weakness of this Auburn team is they don't have that elite shooter, and they don't have that dude that is just you know a presence as far as attacking the rim finisher at the rim. Um, but Allen can step in and fill both of those roles depending on the night. It's just 
Um, I, I think he's a little bit better as far as attacking the basketball right now. Right. I mean, he was one of six from three, and he was five of 11 overall. So mm-hmm. his two pointers, he was four or five, like from the field. So, um, he he's a that's that's where his strength is. He's not a he's not a three point shooter. He did get some great looks, and I think eventually those will start falling too. So I think so. Uh, it's just I know Texas A&M's on a skid, but still it's an SEC opponent, and Allen kind of imposing himself is is exciting uh, for the this last home stretch we're about to hit. Yep, yep. And, and look, Texas A&M is not a good basketball team, and they had me fooled at the start of conference play. I think they had a lot of people fooled. Yeah. At the start of conference play. Starting 4-0, they have now lost eight straight games. Mm. And um, not good for I, you. I, I think this is who they are at this point. Yeah. But I think you're right. I didn't realize as they were talking about this in you know some of the pregame coverage, but Texas AM had never lost in Auburn Arena. I, saw, I heard until, that same uh, stat too. Yeah. Yeah, they can't say that anymore though. <laughs> No, they took one on the chin today. That kind of carries over to like the A and M Auburn football rivalry too, where it's like you didn't win at the, you always won yeah. at the other play. Yeah, it kind of that is kind of weird. Yeah, it is weird. That's okay though. Hey, after the game, basketball is presented by our friends at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. This is one of our favorite places to eat. It's the best place to watch Auburn basketball. Uh, it was absolutely packed today, and, and folks, like we, we've kind of made this joke before. It almost feels like you're in Auburn Arena watching the game because uh, it's the environment is is second to none. So we'll talk more about uh, our friends at Baumhauer's throughout our broadcast today. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. This is After the Game Basketball on ESPN 1067. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are recapping... Auburn basketball's win over the Texas A&M Aggies, 75 to 58, was the final score. And Kyle, little different type of environment for the game today because game day was in town, and so yes. yeah, you turn on ESPN an hour before the game, and you saw uh, the crew um, on the floor at Auburn Arena, which is pretty cool. Very cool, very cool. Crowd brought it. Um, it was. It's just that's just something that's just so almost seems unreal to Auburn to have college yeah. basketball game and football is one another thing like, sure I've had had it several times but for basketball I, I would imagine this is only you know maybe the third time ever that they've been so are, are definitely less than five ever so it's just uh cool to for that kind of exposure Bruce getting TV time because he's so good at it he's so good at uh exuding his personality and I just feel like when kids see that guy on TV, they just want to – they've got to want to play for him. Yeah, dude. I mean, just thinking about every time that guy talks, and he's so genuine and he's so energetic and he actually answers questions and actually yes. talks about his players and things like that. I'm just thinking if I am a recruit looking at this stuff, like he talked about – um, he was asked about, you know, how do you let guys play strong defensively by also kind of telling them they can kind of do whatever they want and you trusting them. And he's like, well, 
You know, I've got two guards, both of my point guards, Zepp Jasper and Wendell Green. You know, he's like, I want Zepp to be Zepp and I want Wendell to be Wendell. And he's like, what I mean by that is I want Zepp to play his game where it's all about, you know, taking care of the basketball, being calm, cool, and collected. And then Wendell, on the other side of it, just being fearless. And I want to give both of those guys the green light to play this type of games that they want to play, and it works. And they reward me on the other side when they play defense. And it's just like if I'm somebody considering Auburn, a four- or five-star kid watching this, and it's like, oh, wow, he's going to give me the green light to play my style style of basketball. As long as I play defense. It makes so much sense. That's why these guys will fight their – you know, fight their tails off totally. on defense because they know when we get to that other end, it's going to be alley oop city, lob city, shoot threes, uh, drive. I mean, it's it you it's total green light. And I and I you know, hearing him say that it, it is it brings validation to a lot of the things you see on the court and understand why things play out the way they do. And Man, it's just good. That's so good for him to be able to say that on that national audience, all that that national stage. Yeah, and it doesn't have the same pull as game day does for football. No, I mean, the broadcast no. is literally a third in length. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, ESPN's clear where which one they care about more as well. But it's still something, and it's still folks that are in that world of basketball. They're going to be paying attention to that. So I think it's huge. I'm glad that Auburn capitalized on that. I think the student section behind them, the backdrop. Looked really, really good. I think it looked really, really impressive. I agree. I mean, Auburn has proven time and time again over the last few seasons that now that they have made this ascension, they belong there. Absolutely. It's, it's not fluky anymore. Not fluky. And they're doing all the things that kind of really are able to back all of that up. So I think that's fun. I think that's exciting. Another thing that was part of the broadcast was uh, Suni Lee. And so once Suni. again, Auburn's able to, to flex and talk about their, um, you know, they ha- the fact that they have the best gymnast in the world. Um, I mean that's 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 pretty neat as well. So props to Auburn for for finding ways to to get their branding out there a little bit. And Suni dominated last night too. So did she? Good. Yeah, that's all. Absolutely. That so that's good. That's good. Um, and then Brian Harson made an appearance. Yeah, that's big. In the student section with the player, the football players have been there. Like I don't know how they get preference, but they've been front and center. Uh, Derek uh, Derek Hall's basically the ringleader of that front yeah. and center, and Brian's right up there. Coach Harson's right up in there with the students, mixing it up, uh, especially after what's happened over the last week or so, that's very big for him uh, to get that TV time uh, to sort of say, I'm here to stay, I'm here to uh, – yep, Let's do this. Let's do this thing yeah, together. Because the messaging from the school now has been like to unite and unify. And so I think him being there proves that. And then there were pictures of, of people um, posting on social media with – um, Harson sitting next to President Gouge and all that. So there you go. There you go. All right. So Auburn basketball takes down the Texas A&M Aggies 75 to 58. Let's talk about Jabari Smith just for a second. Let's and, do and, and we've talked about, you know, his desire to play defense on that side of the floor. But offensively, what do you want to see from him moving forward? Because, I mean, we've talked about this a few times where he has double digit shot attempts. You know, when he's not scoring at a very efficient clip, yeah, I thought this would not be happening as often at this point of the season. But, I mean, even like today, he scored nine, but he went three of ten from the floor. He went uh, 50% from the free throw line, but he still contributed with rebounds and assists and, and things like that. But what do you, what sh- what's the next step here for Jabari? 
I think that uh, obviously we got it. We talked about it earlier. Him being able to sort of understand that he is as good as he actually is. Like flip the switch and 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 take over. Like we need you to shoot. We need you to shoot threes. And we got to work on. uh, I really want to see him get. We I talked about this as well. Get better looks. a lot of times when it's like, okay, we need to get Jabari a possession, we get it to him uh, sort of, you know, right inside the three-point line, was back to the defender, and it's one of those, like, ISO plays, but it's just a, I'm going to ISO and then do the turnaround fadeaway, fadeaway stuff. Like, let's let's run some, you know, run some set plays, because if he gets wide open for a three, I, I, would, I would love to know his set open three percentage. Like, not guarded when we run a play or it's transition or something where he's open and shoots a three, I mean, I would imagine it's well over 50%. When he's, when he's open, you can almost, you almost know when it's going in. Like, when, yes. like he hit one the, first, the, the very first one of the game. It was a transition three. Nobody was on him, wide open. You know it's, it's buckets every time it goes in. So, you know, aggressiveness. I want to see him understand that he's the best player on the court on, on the offensive side of the ball. Get your shots, man. Get your shots, and let's try to get him some better looks. How much of that is coaching? How much of that is teammates? How much of that is Jabari, you think? What do you think that balance is? Gosh, that's impo- that's an impossible question for you to answer. T- it, is, but- it is, but it, it seems like to me that I would say a, a vast majority of it is probably Jabari, who's and it's a positive because he's so about this team. And like you could tell that, by the way, how hard he plays on the boards, how hard he plays on defense. Uh, and he knows that there's so many good players around him. It's almost like, you know, I, I maybe don't want to be a ball hog or I, I want to make sure I facilitate or be patient with the, with the points, and um, he's just that kind of kid. He's mm-hmm. just that kind of kid. Um, Justin Ferguson has tweeted out some stats here. So, Auburn center Walker Kessler had 12 points, 11 rebounds, and 12 blocks against A&M today. Since 2010, only three other players in Division One basketball – I've had a 12, 11, and 12 game. Kansas is um, Jeff Withley in 12. Arizona State's um, Jordan Bakinski in 12. Did I say that right? And then um, FIU's Adrian Diaz in 15. And then um, Walker Kessler recorded his triple-double in 24 minutes today. He is only the sixth player in Division One basketball since 2010 to record a triple double in twenty four or fewer minutes. Wow, sixth player in history basketball since twenty ten. Since twenty ten. Oh wow, that is incredible. That's incredible. He's just that, and he doesn't play. You know, that's another thing people don't understand because of the depth. He's not a thirty five plus minute guy. He's a little bit over twenty minutes a game, and he's just so incredibly uh, efficient. Wow, on on all three of those things, blocks rebounds and points well and I was kind of thinking okay can he get the you know can he make it in points because he only had like four you know good ways into the second half then he scored like six straight points for the team like three straight <laughs> possessions it's like oh okay I guess that's not a concern anymore now we just need to rebound and he eventually got there so um and incredible incredible the blocks too he, he had a couple of possessions in a row that got the blocks over and it's the funny how you asked I wonder if he knows it um, I, I I said I think yes number one and then everybody else in the stadium knows it too because when he got the last rebound the crowd sort of erupted yeah so they're definitely watching oh, they watching knew. the scoreboard yeah, no, too they knew they knew 
Absolutely. All right. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. This is After the Game Basketball presented by our friends at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. If you want a pizza or a calzone, can you think of a better place than, than, than Baumhauer's? I certainly can't. No, cannot. I saw it on the ribbon banner. They put it on the ribbon banner. Alabama's first coal fire oven. How about that? How go, about get you some, go get some coal fire pizza. Yep. A legitimate, authentic. It's it's you can't beat it. It's delicious. delicious. It is delicious. All right. We will be back with more Auburn basketball in just a moment. All right, let's go straight to the phone lines as you're uh listening to after the game basketball here on ESPN 1067, recapping Auburn's win over the Aggies, 75 to 58, 334-321-1390. Jay, you are first up. Jay. How are you, man? I'm doing great. It was a great victory. Walker Kessler, triple-double. I know Amazing. it, man. I know it. In just uh, just 24 minutes of game action, so um, that is um, that is incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, honestly, uh, I would think today, after saying, seeing the game today, we played a lot more uh, just sharing the ball than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really see any selfishness. I mean, it was just a really great game, great defense. I think we could have played a lot better offense early on, but uh, victory's a victory. Absolutely. Jay, were you at the game? Were you there? Uh, no. Oh. I, I'm unfortunately, I'm working, you know. <laughs> Trying to make and, a live. Uh, I've, <laughs> I got my phone. I've had to sync my phone, man. I got you. Good deal, man. Yeah, good takes. I appreciate it. Ninth, yeah, we had 18, 18 assists today on uh, 18 assists, so that's pretty solid. That is delicious. Absolutely. Jay, do you have any more thoughts? Any more, uh, any more uh, opinions on who stood out to you? No, man. War Damn Eagle. Awesome, Jay. Appreciate Jay. the call. All right, 334-321-1390. Uh, Bine is calling in. Bine, how are you? Hey, how are y'all doing? Man, What's we up, are man? good, man. Bine, it's a pleasure to uh, to finally chat with you. I've seen your name pop yeah. up a million times, yep. but a uh, pleasure, to, pleasure to hear your voice. Hey, yes, sir. It's finally good to talk to y'all. Um, hey, I, was, uh, I just want to give a shout-out to Harvard Nation because uh, – I came down today hoping to get some tickets, and there was none to be found. And uh, ended up having to watch the game, you know, down by tumors. But, uh, I mean, it is obvious that this place loves some freaking basketball, and I'm all about it. Um, I just want to give a shout-out today um, mainly to the team just because we've seen in the past when we've gone into halftime, you know, been up 14 you know, there's a little bit of a letdown as we come out of the second half. Yes. And we came out the second half, and we said there's going to be no freaking letdown. And we just straight up ran them out of the freaking building in the second half. Yeah. And I hope – and you start watching the ball game, and you say, well, what's the difference? And the one difference I saw is Jeff Zasper is a freaking maniac on the defensive side of the basketball. Because mm-hmm. um, I've – you know, you watch them, and the point guard just has an absolute horrible time trying to get things set up. And um, I really think if you watch the last two games and then you watch this one, Zip Jasper makes this ball team go. Oh, and 100%. I'm just excited that we finally was able to come out the second half and show what we're made of and keep it and just put the nail down. Love it. Love it, man. Yeah, last five, first five, always, always seem to get us in a bind. We came out of this first half, first five of the second half, and just absolutely put the game away. And you're right, Zepp is a maniac. Uh, it's it would be absolutely miserable to bring the ball down the court uh, with him guarding you. I think you nailed it, man. 
No, yeah, and also, too, I also want to give a shout-out to my man, Alan Flanagan, 16 freaking points. All right. That's hey, big coming hey, from you. I hey, that's big coming from you, Bob. Hey, 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 I will give credit where credit is due. The dude hit 16 points, and I've said from the very first game, if we can get 10-plus points from Alan Flanagan, this team is going to dominate everybody. And I'm telling you, that's our key. If that guy can do that every game, I don't see us losing another ball game. Personally, it's a different. It takes us to a different level. A hundred percent makes us a different team oh, when, when he's scoring. Easily. But yeah, I, I just want to say it was good talking to y'all, man. Absolutely, bud. War, hey, War Eagle, buddy. War Eagle, hey. be careful. Be careful going home. Yeah, thank you so hey, much yes, for sir. the call. Thank you so much for the call, Bind. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That was cool. Bind's awesome. a good buddy of ours, so. There we go. It's good to hear from him. It is absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. He's a, he's he can be an he can be a Flanagan. He he wants him to be good, so he he's really hard, he's hard on him. So that, that it's good to see stuff like this happen. And Bino will give credit where it's due. Hey, there's nothing wrong with a little accountability. No, you got to be a help, hold him accountable. Yeah, absolutely. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that at all. All right. So speaking of accountability, um, <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> <laughs> the um the the Texas A and M social media manager put out a, a tweet. <laughs> yeah, the scoreboard tweet. The, the infamous scoreboard the, the tweet. The final, and what did they say? Just go for Just it? Just go for it. Go for it is go what they said. It. Yep. Um, which it's, it's been fun to see which teams kind of lean into it and which teams Alabama yes. do not. I, one thing that I want to – this is – I hate to talk about a loss, but, like, how, how did they even think about doing this? We memed our own tweet. So – when they put the score, when they put the score tweet out, the loss against Arkansas, we just memed our own tweet. So like we stole everybody else's possible thunder by just memeing our own tweet. <laughs> yep. it was like ah, we'll get better next time. This is orchestrated perfection. It's it's amazing. Yep. it's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. You got you got a few of the tweets that uh, that stood out to you so yeah, far. Yeah, the one. I mean, it's basically uh, sort of mocking the um, the university statement about <laughs> over Brian Harson this past week, and uh, but it says. President Jay Googe updates the – it's on an official Auburn letterhead, too. President Jay Googe updates the Auburn family on the results of this A beating. <laughs> dear family, dear Auburn family, I'm pleased to report that Auburn, Auburn handed Texas A&M a fat L. No investigation was required to deduce how good this Auburn team is. There are r- many rumors floating around about how bad this Texas A&M team is. It all, all it took was 40 minutes of basketball to confirm that those rumors were indeed very true. <laughs> President Jay Googe. <laughs> Auburn memes, that was classic. Yeah, that was well done. That was very well done. That was well done. And I love that folks like Auburn memes, and you know, there's a few other of the accounts that are kind of leading this charge. I think they think about this all week. It's like, oh man, what? I'm going to go ahead and start working on my meme for when uh, when Auburn plays Vandy on, uh, on yes. Wednesday. And it's like re- trying to be relevant. Um, kind of like I, I think about like what the way South Park episodes are. It's like they're literally planning it week to week to come up with these, these things so they're relevant with each. Uh, with each school they play, like this one, it says, "No, I'm not even going to read that." Actually, yeah, be careful, be careful. <laughs> I, got, I tried to, um, I tried to um, uh, pop one up, but there was, there's a good one. It shows Johnny Manziel holding an L, and it says, "Johnny has something for you." Nice, <laughs> so, nice. I mean, that's relevance, relevance. Oh uh, yeah, for sure, absolutely. He's like the pride of uh, of A and M, so no question about it. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Ed is next up. How are you, Ed? What a game. Hey, it's a great game, guys. A great bounce back, and uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not really sure what's going on with Jabari, but 
if if, if Bruce Pearl can ever unlock him or get him to play him like he did in high school, you know, Auburn's going to be very good. But up until this point in the season, I know he's the leading scorer, but with that – Without a doubt, in my mind, Walker Kessler is the MVP of this team at this point in the season. You said and, it. You said it, Jim, for sure. Yeah. All right. War Eagle, guys, and, and uh, it was a great game. Yeah, absolutely, Thanks. Ed. No, Thanks, I appreciate Ed. that. Yeah, we were talking about that while we were watching the game. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you did a radio hit earlier in the week, and you said that you brought that up. Yeah, did the call in for the pregame of the Arkansas uh, game, and they asked that same question, who's more valuable? to this team, Jabari Smith or Walker Kessler. And I think the the defensive presence that Walker brings, uh, and, and he still scores double digits just about every single game, uh, uh, that um, Walker brings uh, defensively is incredibly valuable to this team. And I think, honestly, right now, even though Jabari plays awesome defense as well, I think you take Kessler off this team, and it's a much bigger hit at this point in time uh, the way he's peaking and the way he's playing than it would be to take Jabari off. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Now, Jabari just brings so much defensively. I mean, e- even when he's off offensively like he was today, he still right. makes your team so much better because of yes. effort and, and size and length and, you know, everything that goes along with that. And he's a very smart basketball player for him to just be, you know, 18. But, um, but yeah, I, I think Kessler is the most valuable player on this team, and then I think you kind of go down a little bit, and like I think, I think Zepp Jasper's up there as well. Not necessarily as far as flash goes, but I mean we've seen how this team plays in two games without Zepp Jasper, and they have not looked good in either of them. Nope. And he he comes in, and he's not gonna like I, I tweeted it a while ago. Leadership doesn't always show up on the stat sheet, and his stat sheet's not gonna be super sexy or anything. It's beautiful, but uh, he is he the game. I mean, you just look at the way the offense worked today uh, with him running the charge. Not, I mean, it's just it's just different. It's just different, especially on defense. I mean, they they could not get anything off. Uh, they couldn't get in their sets. They couldn't get in their motions because Zepp is just mauling, <laughs> mauling his dude. So uh, just over the course of forty minutes, that has to be exhausting. Absolutely, mentally, it has to be physically and mentally. Totally, mentally. You, know, you can't you can't take anything for granted. You can't take dribbling the basketball for granted. Like it's just <laughs> it's unbelievable. You're right. You're absolutely right. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety is how you can be. A part of the show. Who stood out to you the most today? We'd love to hear that or just your general thoughts about the Auburn basketball team. When we come back, I want to talk about what the next week for the Tigers looks like. So all that and more coming up right here on After the Game Basketball and ESPN 106.7 presented by Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Oh, yeah. The Auburn Tigers take down the Texas A&M Aggies for the first time in Auburn Arena. 75 to 58, and we're here to talk about it. Zach Blackerby, Kyle Rush here with you, and this is made possible due to our friends at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Be sure to, if you want to watch anything sports, that is the place to do it. No TVs matter where everywhere. you turn your head. No, there's there. TVs everywhere. You can even close your eyes and you see the TVs, they're still on. You still see Devin Cambridge absolutely just slamming a basketball. It's fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, be sure to check out our friends at Baumhauer's Victor Grill. They have something on their menu for everyone. It's uh, it's crazy how many different things they have on the menu. 334-321-1390 is how you can be a part of the show. AJ held through the break. AJ, what would you think of uh, today's game? Oh, it was awesome. Such a, a good comeback game from last Tuesday. Excited to, to, yeah. to see the 
the stadium, you know, or not stadium, but the arena college game day there, and that was that was wonderful. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Any players uh, stick out to you, or any uh, any kind of thoughts when you watch the game? Cambridge, I, I, I love to see him have a good day and and, and play so well. That uh, I thought that was a good bright spot. I I do have a question though. I'm not real up to date or or knowledgeable about the college basketball recruiting process. How does how does what's happened this season help us going forward to sustain this? Is it because I've noticed that with some college football programs, you know, they'll have a couple good years, but it's not sustained. How 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 do we sustain, or what do we look for for recruiting to sustain this? That's a great question, AJ. So uh, right now we have a top fifty uh, shooting guard uh, that is committed and signed, uh, Chris Chris Westry. He's like six six uh, shooter driver, a six six two guard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he'll probably play two and three. And then we have what Bruce labeled as his favorite point guard of the class, and Trey Donaldson. He's a, he actually plays football and basketball uh, in high school, but he actually absolutely dominated. Uh, and Bruce loves point guards. So I think we have a little bit of limited spots, and a lot of stuff this, the, depends on who leaves and who stays after this year. Uh, but I think the last three or four classes uh, have been Bruce – is, Bruce is just unreal. And you look at the way that he added dudes in the portal this year, he's unreal at ro- roster management. You know, last the, this past season uh, when we had the issues at point guard, he vowed that would never happen again, and he brought in – uh, he brought in Wendell. He brought in Zepp, who's going to be back. For, both of those guys are going to be back. Um, KD. To, uh, yeah, and he tried to bring in Desi Sills from Arkansas. Right. But, you know, exactly. and then just, grades, grades didn't work out. Right. Yeah. So roster management, is, I think, is a big deal um, in being able to fill your needs. And Bruce is just an absolute m- magician at that. I don't think we'll sign anybody else in this next uh, in this high school class uh, for 2022 moving forward. But I think we'll probably, depending on who leaves, we'll probably hit the portal pretty hard. Um, and he he should have his pick of whoever he wants. You would think so. And there's going to be, you know, I think there's going to be some positions of need for sure because yeah. it looks like Jabari will be going. Sure. I think at this point you have to assume Kessler will be leaving. Played his way into And it. then Alan Flanagan's probably – 50-50, maybe. 50-50, yeah. And maybe the way he's played this season, maybe he's going to stay. I don't know. But you're going to need help down low, I think. Um, you know, Maybe you feel like Cardwell can take that next step and be a starter, but even if that's the case, you're going to need another center sure. or you know, an aggressive power forward. So you got to think, uh, since that's not going to happen through the high school ranks, that's going to be a big transfer target. Um, yes. But from a scholarship standpoint, you then need somebody to leave. Whether you know, Is that a Chris Moore? Is it a Jalen Williams? Like I, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but that's kind of the situation we're going to be looking at going into the offseason. Right, and because of the uh, you know the 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 uh, I guess the NCAA penalties, we're going to be down a scholarship. Uh, we have to be down a scholarship, I think, over the next couple of years. So that weighs into it even more about how selective you have to be when you can take uh, overtaking kids in high school versus portal. Things, yeah, you know things of that nature. So. I think roster management, understanding where your needs are and being able to fill it, that's how you sustain things. And uh, after last year, I don't think Bruce is ever going to be in a position where he's going to have to be in a bind over the point guard spot. Yep, yep. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kyle and, and Zach. Uh, appreciate the show, and, and uh, War Eagle. War hey, Eagle, thank AJ. you so much, AJ. Really, uh, really appreciate the call. Hey, and he mentioned, uh, he mentioned Devin Cambridge. 
And that's a guy that we have not spent enough time talking about today. I mean, some electric plays from Cambridge. He had 10 points, and I think all 10 came off of like a highlight reel dunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> had to be. He, he does something every – I mean, I feel like every game he does something that I've never seen in Auburn. Like, he took one uh, – he took an alley-oop today that he caught with two hands – switched it to his right hand, and tomahawked it. I'm telling all you, the mid-air. dude doesn't jump. He just floats around just, for a second. He just levitates yeah. and then absolutely – like, he must have only dunked in high school because he is absolutely elite dunker. It's unbelievable. Well, and we've talked about this before. When he was a freshman here, I thought he was going to develop into like a Bryce type of player where it's going to be like a 3 and D type dude. Yeah. And that has not been – what he has turned into. In fact, I think he's almost become like less efficient shooting. Yeah. But he's become so much better around the basket and doing things away from the basketball as yes. far as defense and going up and getting boards. I mean, he's become a much more valuable player than I expected him to be. And so props to him for putting the work in and kind of fighting through all this rotation. I mean, Bruce Pearl went out and got a lot of dudes yeah. that play the same position as him, and he stuck with it. And he's uh, he's starting to see the fruit of that now. Absolutely, I mean, ten points. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how many minutes he played, but it wasn't you know it wasn't a ton uh, of minutes. He played 17 minutes, and he had uh, let's see, 17 minutes, and he had he was plus four on plus minus, and he had four rebounds. Let's see. Total rebound. Talking about Devin? Yeah, I'm looking. I'm just looking uh, yeah, at four rebounds. Yep. Four rebounds, 10 points, two assists, all in 17 minutes. 17 minutes. So very efficient. Yeah, his stat line's crazy if he doesn't shoot a three because he was 0 for 4 from behind the arc. But like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, He's 4 or 5 if, if that's not the case. So and he's the kind of guy, too, that like he's either going to go 0 for 4 or he's going to go like 4 or 5. 4 or 5. There's like, no question. Yeah, yeah. there's no question. <laughs> there's no question. Hey, uh, my buddy from, uh, from Birmingham is uh, here, Jeremy. Uh, you were at the game. You sat like right above the student section. What's right? up, guys? Yes, I was there. How uh, it looked pretty electric. It was electric. First home game of the year. Our atmosphere is way better than for you, I've not ever for Auburn. Seen. Yes. Okay. My Got first it. game. I went to every game as a student, and even beating Kentucky was nothing compared to the noise I heard today. It was wild. Really? Wow. Especially on Devin's dunks, but everything was loud, especially in the first half. It's crazy. Well, that's good. Were you there early enough to kind of partake in the game day festivities? Yes. And well, it was crazy when Bruce was on because they played that for everyone. But it was coinciding with warm-ups, so you're kind of like, they didn't play the whole game day. I had to listen to it on my phone. But when SUNY was there as well, the crowd was going crazy. Dude, gymnastics cool. means get lit. They swag Sell surf. Like, I know they like are like quote unquote sold out, but are they actually sold out? Because you have season tickets, don't you? Yeah, I mean it's packed. It looks packed to me. It's packed yeah. every single time. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So, so you could hear Bruce and Suni talking before the game. They yeah, had they that played it through. over the speaker, and the whole crowd went crazy on command. But usually with game day, if it's not at eleven, everything's loud and everything's focused on game day. So they had to put the booth in the corner. Oh wow! But it was still crazy for parts of it. It looked great, like the it optics did. of it. It looked really, really lights, good. The lights and stuff like that that they did. I mean, it did. It looked really cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then at halftime, they bring them back out and do the halftime. Like mm-hmm. they do the halftime show from like. Oh, did they? It looked like it was like mid court. Yeah. The stage they rolled out. Reese and Jay and everybody. Yeah. That's wild. You on a first name basis with them? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Got Jay, it. Jay's a nice guy. He took selfies with the entire student section. Wow. That's fun. Props wow. to he Jay. Gets, he gets heat sometimes. And I feel like he's awesome. I, I, I love Jay Billis. People hate on Jay Billis? I feel like people. Who's hating on my guy Jay? I just feel like people. He he has some pretty. Um, he has some pretty like, 
like finite stances. Like he ta- harsh hard, takes, hard, harsh takes sometimes. And he's always frowning. But behind the scenes, he's a great guy. I think, but that's but good. I love Jay. We all have a character to play. So, <laughs> yeah, especially all right. me. All right, final segment coming up. Final few minutes of this week's edition of After the Game Basketball. Zach Blackerby, Kyle Rush, and some Jeremy dude just walked in off the street. Don't know where he came from. <laughs> Recapping Auburn's 75 to 58 win over the Texas AM Aggies. So let's look at these next two games. All right, let's do it. Th- th- that Auburn has coming up. Vanderbilt, a team that Auburn should be able to take care of rather easily. That game is Wednesday. At 8 p.m. And we don't have to play in their stupid arena. Their arena is objectively dumb. So dumb. Who who approved that? I, th- I, said, I said it. I think they built it the wrong way. They built it long ways and then just went with it. <laughs> when they should have built it short ways and then just went with it. Yeah, like some non-sports person, were, were, they were over the plans. They're like, oh, it's too late now. It's built. So <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then Florida, at Florida, which is going to be tough. This one I think is tricky, even though – yeah, I've said this before. Like Florida's totally fallen off a cliff since you know the start of conference play, but I think this will still be something where like things could go wrong here. Yeah, I mean, anytime you go on the road, Florida plays good at home, and then Castleton is a elite big man. Is he back yet? He's yeah, back now. He's back. He's back. He's back. So he'll be back. And um, but then again, on the flip side. Kessler, the way he plays defense, I don't know if he it, it was the the Bruce talking to the referees, how they how Jeremy brought, brought up a good point, then finally kind of figuring out how to call uh, defense like call fouls on him and understand that you know just because he goes up and there is contact, he's not doing anything wrong. He's just really freaking big. Like mm-hmm. he's really big. He's he covers so much space. That's not necessarily always a foul. So he got fouled out like in super quick against Florida at home. So, and they kind of got it closer than it needed to be. So, with him playing the way he's playing, you go to Florida. What kind of you know matchup is that? Could be a could be a really cool matchup, right? Really right. showcase Kessler on on. Yeah, if they let him play, I mean, I think that's kind of the biggest thing. We were robbed of that last time. Very much so. So, shout out to the SEC there. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that is okay. Cool, sweet. You got um, – and then if you're just looking around the SEC yeah. uh, this week, so far, so Alabama takes down Arkansas. Uh, they held them off. They had a big lead, 13, 14, 15 points, something like that. Arkansas battled back. They held them off. Uh, I know we don't – you know, as an Auburn fan, you want to see Alabama lose, but this actually helps Auburn because Arkansas, I think, only had three mm-hmm. conference losses. So this sort of puts you three games clear of them, um, and uh, that's big. Uh, so really, all you're looking at right now is Kentucky, who plays Florida tonight. So, you know, um, keep chipping away. I mean, we're all, you're, you're getting closer and closer to be able to possibly clinch the regular season title. Kentucky's got to play Arkansas. Florida. A Kentucky loss. One more Kentucky loss may do it. It gets you really close. Yep, may do it. it I gets mean, we you would really still, close. We could still share. They don't do the tiebreaker, so which is dumb. which is the dumbest thing. That's dumber than Vanderbilt Stadium. The, there's there's no that is correct. There's no tiebreaker unless it's changed since the time we had to share it with Tennessee. No, I don't think it. Uh, but yeah, like we beat Tennessee yeah, that year, and we beat them, and we still had to share it. So yeah, that's pretty dumb. So it gets you to where you can possibly avoid uh, a share. You can just win it outright. Right, and I think that will happen because the whole thing was like, okay, if Auburn can get past Tuesday night in Arkansas which yeah. they did not. But after that, it's like every game seems extremely winnable. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you got, you got Vanderbilt, 
Florida away, Ole Miss at home, then Tennessee away to, to close out uh, February, which is you know Tennessee on the road is going to be tough. And then you come home, you come, uh, you got to go to Mississippi State, two back to back pretty tough road games, and then South Carolina at home. Like you should be able to, uh, you know, should be able to close it out. Yeah, you would think. You would think. Well, cool. All right, another week of after-the-game basketball all but wrapped up. One more thanks to Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Whether you want wings or burgers, pizza, calzones, whatever it is, they have it going on. Uh, I've never had a bad meal there. Uh, I think everything they have is absolutely delicious, and it is the best place to watch any Auburn sporting event. I don't disagree. Kyle, thank you. Jeremy, thank you for your uh, for your contribution. Mean a ton. Anytime. Of course, man. Of course. All right. This has been after the game basketball on ESPN one oh six seven.